0: Good morning everyone, all right, Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3, oh man, how many of you were here last week for Joshua part 1, okay let me try that again, this is like a participation game where you raise your hand unless you didn't put deodorant on, uh, how many of you were here last week for Joshua part 1? Woo! Okay. Sweet. Uh, If you weren't here, then it's okay. Hopefully today makes sense. If you were here, hopefully today just builds on last week. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I think and know that we need to pray. We need to pray. I believe with my whole heart that uh, as we open God's Word, it is... Uh, inerrant errant. It's perfect. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is God-breathed. It is truth. It is has full power to change everything. And so, would you just, uh, before we go any further, would you just bow your head, close your eyes, take a deep breath? Many of you, for the first time today, if you're a parent, maybe for the first time this week, deep breath. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your word. Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for sending him to make a way for us to be with you again. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus as an atonement for our sin. We thank you for pictures of Jesus like Joshua who was a great leader who paved the way for courage who paved the way for obedience who gave us a picture of what it looks like to be abundantly blessed. And this morning God we are open and we are raw to what your word has for us this morning and not just Joshua 3 but Joshua 4 we are ready we are willing to hear (laughs) and we are ready and willing to the key word for today God is we are willing to remember what you've done we pray this in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. What is your favorite memory? What is your favorite memory? Think about it for a second. What is your favorite memory? Perhaps it's a childhood memory, or maybe it's a A, a wedding that you were in or part of uh, maybe it was a, a moment in your child's life or or maybe it was just a simple summer day when you were 12 years old on your bike candy in a bag chocolate all over your face burnt your arms are burnt from the summer sun in your swim trunks riding down your maybe it's a simple thing like a smell or a or a, a feeling or just something that happened in your life that reminds you, brings back a memory. Um, there are things in our life that brings back memories of, of things that we've experienced. Um, then, there are, then there are things that are, that, that are amazing memories, but then there are things in our life that, that we call memorials. Sometimes memorials happen when things don't go so well. Sometimes memorials happen when things go tragic. Or someone maybe even passes, or even like in a cemetery, a, a headstone. Or when, when somebody passes in order to remember them, we'll, we'll make a, a monument as a memorial. Or something tragic happens in our country, we'll make a memorial to remember that. Well, What we're going to see here today, in Joshua 3 and 4, we're going to see a very similar, similar uh, memorial. But it's not a, a sad memorial, but it is something that they will never forget. It is something that they will never forget. And it's something incredibly powerful. And I think, I've never actually been preaching for 15 years, but I've never preached this passage. I, I love, I love this story, but I've never had the opportunity to preach it. Um, today, you're at Joshua chapter 3. So let's jump right into Joshua chapter 3, right at the beginning. It says in verse 1, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. Now there's so much to unpack here already. Um... When Joshua says consecrate yourself, that is a—it's this idea of uh, being set apart. It's this idea. It was a—it um, was a ceremonial thing of cleaning yourself, not just cleaning your body, but cle- putting on clean clothes, preparing your, bo- uh, your body. It's—it's it's where this idea came of putting on your Sunday best, but times a thousand. It was this ritual of preparing your heart preparing your body of being in the presence of the Lord well well, wait a minute where's the presence of the Lord Well, it's right here the presence of the Lord was the ark of the covenant so back then the Holy Spirit wasn't residing in those that believed in God the Holy Spirit or God's the representation of God was in the ark of the covenant well what is the ark of the covenant hold on let me not lose you for a second The Ark of the Covenant, if you could imagine like a large, we're not going to unpack this today. We're going to, we have a whole series of Joshua to unpack this. But for the sake of today, where we're going today, let me, let me unpack it this way. Imagine a large coffin type looking thing uh, that was gold, that had large rods that were carrying it. It was beautiful. I say coffin, not a dead thing, okay? Nothing in it was dead. But inside of it was, inside of it represented several things that represented the presence of God. Inside it was believed to be several things. Some of those things were the Ten Commandments were in it. Um, Inside it were several other things that the priests had prepared, that the several spiritual leaders had prepared, that were inside of it that represented wherever that ark went, the presence of God was represented in that ark. That's what we need to know today. So when we say the Ark of the Covenant, that was, rep- that was a, re- a physical representation of God's presence. Okay? That's, where we need to, that's what we need to know in this moment today. Does, does that make sense? Hopefully that's super clear, at least for this moment. So when, it's, when Joshua says to all the people of Israel, let, let me just give you an idea of what this actually might look like. He's not talking to a couple hundred people like in this moment right now. It's believed that this could have been well over 2 million people. So they're, they're encamped right next to the River Jordan. That, as we talked last week, is uh, right below Mount Hermon in the springtime, probably this time of year, and the, the snow caps are melting. Uh, the ri- It talks about how the river has Uh, because of the snow caps melting, the river has overflowed over the banks and is higher than it ever had been seen. The river is higher. It's rushing faster than it had ever been seen. And so they're on the side of this river. And on the other side of the river was the promised land. Now on the other side of the river was this place that had been promised to their fathers and their fathers and their fathers. On the other side of this river was the promised land, this place that was flowing with milk and honey and all of these beautiful things that had been promised, but it wasn't empty. There there were some people that lived there. It was the Canaanites, and as you're going to see, some other people that are hard to pronounce. We'll get to that in a second. But there was some conquering that needed to be had. But they're not there yet. So the journey is not just crossing this river, but this river is separating them from what they needed to claim. Are you guys following me? I know there's a lot happening. But I'm setting up I'm setting up the story. The Ark of the Covenant that's representing God, and, and Joshua is saying, "Hey, y'all, get ready. Consecrate yourselves. Clean yourselves up, Prepare your hearts, Prepare your bodies, because the presence of the Lord is coming." Today, the Lord said, oh, let's actually pick it up in verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, today, I think this was an intimate conversation. Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel. That they may know that I was, as I was with Moses so I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I I will be with you. This is huge. If Joshua is a book about leadership, this is huge. Because all all the Israelites know is Moses' leadership. You're right there. You're, you're at Joshua 3. Go to Joshua 1. What is the first four or five words of Joshua 1? We touched on this very briefly of chapter 1. What happens in the first few words? Moses is dead. Y'all, if you've read the Old Testament at all, you know Moses is like the center of it all. He is the it all be all leader of the Israelites. He is the leader that God had had risen up to bring them out of bondage and bring them to the promised land. He brought them out of bondage. He brought them to the Red Sea and he parted the waters for the whole Israel the whole all the Israelites and they passed through on dry land. And as they passed through, all the Egyptians followed. The enemy followed. And all the enemy died. And all the Israelites, all the good guys, all God's people passed through. And then he led them through the wilderness. Moses did. This incredible leader. And yet, Moses never made it to the promised land. And now Moses is dead. Have you ever wondered this? Have you ever wondered why funerals... Have you ever wondered why funerals... In the Bible are so short. Have you ever read the Bible, especially the Old Testament? And you got these guys that are like major players in the Bible. And all of a sudden, Moses is dead, period. Joshua. Hold on! Wait a minute. Time out, time out, time. Out, time out. This guy just did all this, and it's like Moses is dead. Joshua. Can we just, like, can we do, like, some highlight reel for a second? Maybe I'm overthinking it, but can we do, like, some, some like, top ten? Like, Moses did some cool stuff. Can we do something to revel in the fact of what Moses did? But I think, I think this actually shows up in what, where the Israelites are at. Because they're looking for a leader. And I think it shows up right here in chapter 3. God says, hey, hey, Joshua, hey, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to show the Israelites what a leader is. And even though Moses, Moses actually isn't known for having the right words. In fact, Moses was known for not having good words. Joshua, you're actually going to be known for having the right words. In fact, you're going to be known, as Moses wasn't known for having strength, he was known for being meek. You're going to be known for your strength because I'm challenging you to be strong and of good courage. I think leadership for Josh, for Joshua is about having the right words and having that courage. When I was, uh, when I was four years old, Uh, in 1986, um, there was a tragedy in the United States of America. January 28th, um, there was a a space shuttle launch uh, called the Challenger. How many of you remember that? Um, Some of you that are uh, older than me, you're like, whoa. You're like like checking your watch. You're like, oh, man, wow. Um, But when... When that happened, obviously I wasn't in school, I was on the, uh, the cusp of kindergarten. But I, as I grew up, I, I kind of started getting bits and pieces about the significance of that moment. And I remember specifically the, the hearing a lot about Ronald Reagan's speech. And how tragic that moment was that yes, there was seven astronauts that died. But those seven astronauts, a lot of them were just everyday normal people. But specifically, a couple of them were were teachers. They were were everyday normal people. But Ronald Reagan had a lot to say, a lot of gentle, appropriate words, strong words, right words to say about these people. And And I wanted to just take a moment to show um, what he had to say. So take a moment to watch this.
1: Ciao. 19 years ago, almost today, we lost three astronauts in a terrible accident on the ground. We-
0: in the middle of a very tender moment, a tragic situation when it would be really easy to quit. Probably on every American's mind is, all right, that's it. This is the moment we shut it all down. The leader had the audacity to say, these words in the middle of his speech. He said, nothing ends here. Nothing ends here. That is a true pioneer. That's leadership. Nothing ends here. To me, that's incredible. Because as a leader, he's seeing past the current, he's seeing past the river, he's seeing past the fear, he's seeing past. It all. Courage. Courage. As we defined last week. Courage is not the absence of. Fear. Courage is seeing. Over the fear. Courage is stepping. Through the fear. F- courage is not. Eliminating the thing we're scared of. Courage is stepping. Into it. Every single one every single chapter of Joshua there's these these epic moments where Joshua is led just as it was with Moses there's not these easy moments where like oh well that was easy I thought it was going to be a storm ah, it's a beautiful day ah, God what a blessing ah, this is amazing ah, this leadership so easy Like, that that never happened. The reason why the book is so good is because he showed up and the river overflowing. It required courage. It required obedience. So it could lead to abundant blessing. That is the overall theme of Joshua. If you remember from last week, courage plus obedience equals abundant blessing. And this week... This week, our theme, our, our, excuse me, our, our sticky statement is this. Fear is your thought, and courage is your action, because we remembered what God has done. Last week, it was really simple. Fear is your thought, courage is your action. This week, we're building on that. Courage, or excuse me, fear was your thought, but courage is your action, But it's because you remember what God has done. There's a remembrance in that. So I don't know if you're like me, but I got major like ADD moments where I forget what God did yesterday and the day before or a month ago or last year. I get lost in how God has brought me through the river. And the Israelites, they forgot that God brought them through the Red Sea What is this River Jordan? God brought them through the Red Sea on dry land. And they were being chased by the entire Egyptian army. At this point, like in my opinion, I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. This seems like a lob. And I'm not trying to belittle the difficult level of this moment. But what I am saying is that it's really easy for us to forget what God has done. And my challenge to us today is to, when fear becomes our thought, courage has to be our action. But it's because we remember what God has done. All right, let's pick that up. So Jesus, God has this this conversation with Joshua. Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel that you may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests... This is where it starts getting crazy. This is where it starts getting real. Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink, when you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Y'all, this is crazy. Just like, just, I know we're reading the Bible and it's really easy to be like, oh, amen, brother. That's a good story. Just imagine this actually, this actually happened. You've got the Ark of the Covenant that these guys are carrying, and they asked the priests to carry it. They didn't say, all right where's the uh where's the big strong men where's the stonemason uh contractor dudes where's the uh where's the Aaron Lees in the room all right we need like the really strong guys here no, they're like all right we' get the preacher guys up here uh we need uh you guys grab that and uh I want you guys to to carry that, and when you get to the edge of the water, you're going to carry that right, and you're going to stand right in the middle of that river. Yeah, no big deal. And everybody else has consecrated themselves. And and I'm I'm, I'm somewhat making light of this, but this was a very serious, serious moment. I believe that this was a, a holy, holy moment. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Geragashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Pow! Get out! How would you like to be a part of the parasites? That should be enough. Y'all, parasites, you know who you are. Just your name stinks, all right? Y'all are a bunch of parasites. Now get out. Get out of our land. Parasites. No one thinks that's funny. I thought that was funny. At like one o'clock in the morning the other night, after my daughter was showing me how she can now count to 122. It's a true story. (laughs) Anyways, all right. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe, a man. From when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. Y'all, if y'all can't get excited about the word of God this morning in this story, y'all cannot get excited. They need to make a good movie about this. This is incredible. Like, not a cheesy Christian movie. Like, a good... A, no. Was that too low? Stick with your notes, Corey. Stick with your notes. Okay. Just preach the word. Okay. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. Imagine that. This wasn't some, like, pretty little pathway through the river. This was, like, rushing river, and then it came up in one heap. And I'm, like, trying to imagine, did the heap keep going? Because this is a river. Like, it's continual. So did it keep going higher and higher and higher? Crazy. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the brink of the water now the Jordan overflows all of its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan, and, and flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on what ground? Oh, come on. Their feet didn't even get muddy. It was dry. Y'all, that's crazy. Dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Oh, man. Verse or chapter 4. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people from each tribe of a man and command them saying take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from every place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where they lodged tonight. that is this may be a sign among you were your children ask in time to come what do those stones mean to you then You shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Forever. Forever, forever? For the priest bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until was finished that the Lord commanded to Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. Can you imagine that? There was excitement. That wasn't just another day. That wasn't like, oh that's cool. Oh this is fun mommy. They passed over in haste. Not because they were scared, because they were filled with courage. Their leader had led them to a place of courage and now they were obeying their leader. They were led to a place because they trusted They were led to a place because they trusted their leader and now they can trust their God and now they can trust each other. Isn't that amazing? Or reverse it. They trusted each other. And because they trust each other, now they can trust their leaders. And now they trust their leaders and they trust each other. They're reminded that they can once again trust their God. That's all relationship. Fear is your thought. Courage is your action. Because you remember what God has done. So Joshua was like, get some stones. There's 12 different tribes in Israel. I want one person from each tribe, go grab a stone right from the river where you guys are standing. Come grab a stone. And I want you to, um, I I lost a knuckle yesterday um, doing this project. Um, I want you to grab a stone. And I simply want you To stack them together. And I want you to put them in a place where someday, because I saw you all carrying a bunch of little kids around. And when they get old enough, and they're like, Mom, why are they all stacked? Why is there 12 stones stacked together like that? Can we talk about it tonight over dinner at the campfire? I got to tell you the craziest story. Or, or, or the, the fellas, they're out hunting. They're out playing. They're out doing whatever they do. Something's going on. They're just going by their way. They're living their life. And they ask, hey, what's that? I've always wondered, what's that stack about? I heard my grandpa say something about it one time, like a couple, like I've heard a little bit. Of, what's that all about? Oh, my goodness. Have you not heard that story? Do you know what God, do you know what your God did? He stopped the river, that, the Jordan. He completely stopped it. And all of us passed through on dry ground. We were so filled with fear. But we trusted our leader. We trusted his words. And we trusted each other. And this community trusted one another. And then because of that, we trusted our God. And with courage, we took action. And we crossed the river Jordan. And we conquered our enemy. And because of that, we trusted our God. And we remembered. And we showed that we remembered by doing this. So that we would remember it as it says at the end of that. I love that last verse. It says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until it passed over. All, or as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty that he that you may fear the Lord your God forever church Stop. What is it in your life that he's done? What do you need to remember in this moment right now that he's done? Because if you're like me, I move on too quickly. I'm always I'm on to the next thing, and I need to go back and remember the Red Sea. I need to remember the Jordan. I need to take the stones and for just like how long did it take, guys? I don't think it was a pretty stack. I I was in here last night with Dalen, um, and he actually he did most of the work um, because I broke a knuckle and I'm not. I know I look tough, but I'm not super tough, right? Um, He did most of the work, and uh, we were talking through this. Like it says very clearly that it says pick. 12 guys. So these, it was like one guy carried a stone. So it's 12 stones. So it's not like they built this ginormous monument. It probably was prettier than this, but it wasn't anything more epic than this. And we were sitting in here last night just like, like it is what it is. Right? I, I get it, right? Whatever. But, Nonetheless, it's supposed to help us remember. All I'm saying is it probably took them a good 10 minutes. But it was supposed to help a couple million people remember what God has done. How quickly we just keep walking. We just keep going. All right, we cross that river. Here we go. And we, we just move on. We go up to the Jebusites and the Perizzites. All right, who's next? We keep listening on. All right, well, who's the next battle? What if we just stopped and we stacked 12 stones for a moment in our life and we remembered what God has done and we praise him for a second or we do something to remember that he has done something in our life. We get so stressed or honestly, where we're at today, we get, we get thinking about the next thing we're fearful of. It's hard to get so, um, it's hard to overcome that fear and have courage and then move forward in that in that action and try to remember when when we when we could have just simply remembered and that's my challenge to you today is that you would remember so that when you do think about it you're reminded of the past just 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 quick exercise here fear if 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 I'm challenging you today, um, if fear is your thought, if courage is your action because you remember what God has done, fear, where does fear happen? What part of your body does fear happen? Thank you. So fear happens in the brain, fear happens in the brain, where does action, you're going to cheat because you're going to look at the screen, but you can say it out loud, Action, where does that happen? Okay, it happens in the body or our whole being. Like whatever that action looks like for you. But where does remembering happen? Yeah. This is an important thing. So today I'm saying fear is your thought. Courage is your action. Because you remember what God has done. It's a thought that's leading to action, but it's because of a thought. It's an exercise of thought that leads to an action, but it's because of a thought. It's a a reminder of a thought. So I'm not just saying, like, get over your thought. Your, Your thought is matching, your fear is matching, your thoughts are matching themselves. And it's bringing action to your life. Does this make sense? Like you're, you're not just, I'm not just saying get over yourself, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm challenging you as Joshua challenged the Israelites, remember what God has done in your life. What is the Red Sea in your life? What has God brought you through in your family? What has God brought you through in your marriage? What has God brought your kids through? Maybe you're a parent here today, and it's really easy for you to fear Fear is your thought. Something happens with your kids. They get sick. or That fever spikes. It's really easy to jump right to fear. Fear is your thought. Courage needs to be your action. Because you need to remember what God has done. God got them through that before. That sickness came. God got them through that. God got you through that. Finances is your issue. Finances is the fear that, that creeps in in your life. You're like, I've got I've got nothing in the account. I've like, I gotta make this, I've gotta pay this bill, I've gotta take care of this, and I've got all these other things that this has fallen apart and this is broken, and I owe this person money, and like, oh, I can't see them because I, I got all these things happening, and fear is your thought. But courage needs to be your action because you need to remember that God has helped you in this. You need to remember that God has provided what you've needed in the past. No, you're not rolling in the dough. But he's provided for you, hasn't he? Maybe that's your, Maybe it's not a red sea in your life. But he's got you here and he's provided for you, hasn't he? Maybe that's what you need to remember. Maybe that's the stone of remer- stones of remembrance in your life. He's provided your needs. Maybe it's not financially. Maybe it's your health. Maybe there's some concerns today with your health. You need to, like fear is your thought, courage needs to be your action because you need to remember what God has done in your body. Or maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your marriage, like you've been through, maybe you're going through a hard time in your marriage. Fear is your thought, courage needs to be your answer because you, your action because you need to remember what God has done in your marriage. Maybe you don't know where to go with your job. With your life, maybe you're moving, maybe you're just lost, maybe you're just discouraged, maybe you're struggling with suicide, maybe you're struggling with like where to go or what to do or you're just lost. Like maybe you need friendship, maybe you need to talk to someone, maybe you need something in fear. You're consumed with this thought of fear, anxiety, depression, courage is your action. Courage is your action. Courage is your action. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Yes, but why? Because you need to remember what God has done, set up today, in this moment, in this practical takeaway moment. Set up some things. In this moment, I'm going to give you some, some really practical things in just a moment to set up some stones of remembrance in your life. That will help you remember what God has done. (coughs) That will help you remember that he's brought you here. That he's brought you to this point. Maybe I needed to say this today. Maybe maybe this needed to go through me to get to you. Maybe no, I know. So it's important. It's something that God is testing me on. Fear Happens so quickly when you when you move at a quick pace and you have the next thing and then the next thing. It's really easy to get to that point of fear or discouragement or anxiety. Fear is the thought, but immediately that. Courage has to be the action. But it stops short. If in my own life, if I don't remember what God has done. I can think of a very specific situation in my life years ago. Um, my, I have five children. My my first child, who's 12 now, Dalen, was born. Uh, he was... Um, he was not very old, um, and then my wife had um, two miscarriages um, in a right in a row, and uh, she was she was kind of far she was pretty far along, and and that was like a brand that was a whole new territory for us. Not having family in the area, it was it was a it was, a met, it was just a, a really difficult time, and I but I remember I remember. Um, and obviously it's so much more difficult for, um, for her than it is for me, but I remember fear being the thought. But courage being the action. But what did I remember? I remember that God, okay, God, God gave us God gave us a healthy boy already. I remembered what God did. I remembered, okay, we're we're fine. I remember what God did, and everybody's at a different path. Everybody's on a different path and different journey. I'm just talking about mine. So in my in my little tunnel vision world, I was filled with fear, but I remember being so filled with hope because I remembered. What God had already done with my son who had already been born, Dalen. Does that make sense? Awful situation, on top of an awful situation. But God had already done something. What is it for you today? Where does the fear lie for you? And what needs to be, what needs to be dug in this morning for you? What area is it? And I I would just challenge you with this. If it's your spouse, if it's your kids, if it's your parents, if it's your family, if it's someone you know or someone you love, I I would just challenge you with this and I'm going to move on. God loves them more than you do. God loves them more than you do. God, God wants their redemption more than you do. Okay? Right. Final thought as we close here. Setting up these memorials are powerful because they help us remember something meaningful that are supposed to remember, excuse me, they help us set up something meaningful that we are supposed to remember. Joshua and the Israelites set up a memorial of stones to remember what God did. But not just what God did, but what God would do forever and what he would keep doing. Two questions and then I'm done. How are you remembering what God did in your life? Do you write things down? Do you record things? Or what is what action are you taking that's helping you remember what God has done in your life? If you don't do that, I'm gonna challenge you to do that today. What are you doing? Because it's because it's so different. I thought through a million different ideas of how to help you do that practically today, but because you're all so different, I think it would be a, a mood point to try to do that for all of you today but I want to literally challenge you if you're listening still to me what is it for you that, that, that is that way if you journal if you if you make videos or if you, um, you go out in nature and you talk to the Lord or you I don't know what it is for you but somehow to be able to record or journal um, what God is doing and has done in your life maybe it's talking it out with someone to remember what God has done. And then the last question is how are we as followers of Jesus remembering what God has done? Period. And I have the answer for that. That's not a, a question. That's a I have the, that's not a question for you to answer. That's a question I want to answer for you. How are we as followers of Jesus remembering what God has done? Period. This is how we need to do that. The Bible. This is how we remember it. We read the Bible. We read the stories. We memorize the stories. We are in his word, we sing about them, we read them, we, we like discuss them, we're ingrained in them. We're at church, we're teaching them to our kids. We, we're, it's the Deuteronomy 6 perspective. In fact, that's the theme of Deuteronomy is this, this challenge to the Israelites. Do not forget what we've been through. Do not forget what we've been through. That's actually the theme of Deuteronomy as a whole. Do not forget. Do not forget. But the best memorial... That was ever set up for us to remember what's been done for us? The cross. And that's actually, it's super ironic because for Jesus, that was, and this is a bad example because it doesn't really fully give the purpose, but it's, it's like the, the electric chair. It, that before Christ, that was, that was a sign of execution and, and torture. But now it represents sacrifice and freedom and hope for you and for me. That everything that we've done wrong has been placed on that sacrifice. And that is the, the beeline from Joshua to Jesus. Is that he did all of that for us. And it's, and it's not, like, it's not just, Christ is not on there. He's risen. It's empty because it's a remembrance that he's not on there anymore. He died for our sins. He rose from, he's not, he died like he's dead. They took him off. He's He rose from the dead. He's alive. And we can alive. And we can remember that. As a son, well, you're like, okay, well, if, Sign of death, why is he in our church? So that you can remember. So that you can remember. Why do we take communion uh, about once a month? So that you can remember that his body was broken for you. So that his, you can remember his blood was shed for you. His life was poured out so that you could have eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ. That, that It's not your works that earn your salvation. It's by grace and Je- grace that he's given you. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous for us to try to earn his our salvation. It's a gift of God. And it's this whole amazing, life-changing decision that we make. And Joshua, he wanted us to remember this. And it's really easy, or it's really challenging when we think about death. When we, we talk about death or Jesus' death, when we think about the fear of death. And that's my challenge as we go away. Uh, this morning is that when you think about death it 'd be really easy to be to leave today for us to be filled with fear, but if you 're fearful of death, I would challenge you to be courageous in trusting Jesus because you need to remember what he 's done on the cross he didn 't do that for uh, the religious elite in the room or if you 've been here long enough or if you give a lot of money in that cool bucket in the back um, Um, Honestly, if you're here or if you're alive, um, you need to know that Jesus Christ died for you. He made you. He loves you. And if you're alive and breathing, you have this amazing opportunity to trust in him, to believe in him. And that can serve as a a memorial forever and a remembrance forever of what he's done for you so that you will remember it forever. Would you stand? Jesus, we just thank you for your love for us. We thank you for examples like Joshua that came to a river and it was really easy to be filled with fear. It'd be really easy to stay put. It'd be really easy to trust in our own strength. But, He trusted in you, and because he trusted in you, and you gave him the words, you helped him lead, and they passed on dry ground. Fear to courage, because they remembered what we've done. God, as conduits, we want to remember what you've done. We want to celebrate what you've done. We want to live in light of everything you've done in our lives. We want to create, we want to remember in our heart those red seas, those Jordans, those moments where you've split the sea, divided the river, and brought us through. You've conquered our enemy. You've forgiven us. You've set us free. Thank you, Jesus. God, if there's any, anybody this morning, Holy Spirit, if there's anybody this morning that doesn't understand how much you love them, it doesn't understand how much you care for them, it doesn't understand the, the greatness of your love and the plan that you have for them. God, if there's anybody here that doesn't understand what's on the other side of the river that you have promised, God, this morning, would you show them your goodness. In conduit this morning, I just want to invite you you have always have an opportunity to come forward in prayer, and just as we sing this song in celebration, I want to also encourage you. Um, just after the song, you are dismissed. Um, I also want to invite you uh, uh, as you as after the song, you are dismissed. But I also want to invite you uh, to start telling your friends about Easter. Uh, we are excited not just about Easter, but we're excited about Good Friday. Um, if you see that on Facebook or uh, have an opportunity to share that, next week we're going to have some cards for you to hand out. Um, we'd love to have you on Good Friday, uh, 7 p.m. or Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Um, so make sure that you are, if you're not out of town or not traveling for spring break, we'd love to have you, we'd love to have your family or extended family or friends. Um, yeah, let's sing. Thank you